Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. I'm your host, Rick Spence, business journalist, editor, public speaker, and entrepreneur. After 15 years as the national entrepreneurship columnist at the National Post, and as the former editor and publisher of Profit, the magazine for Canadian entrepreneurs, I've learned what makes Canadian startups special, scalable, and successful. On this show, we connect you with Canada's most innovative and entrepreneurial leaders and changemakers. You'll meet the people driving the entrepreneurial movement and we'll share their first-person adventures and their tips, hacks, and best advice for running startup and growth companies. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. To entrepreneurs everywhere, this is your show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. On the show today, I'm thrilled to have sisters Evita Machevin and Carol Carrera, co-founders of Flying Duchess Pet Sitters. With a long list of happy clients with two legs, four legs, and I think sometimes no legs, Flying Duchess is Toronto's most recommended in-home petting service provider. And it's grown to provide care for all types of animals, from cats and dogs to birds, rabbits, fish, and reptiles. Carol Carrera, the founder, is a recovering academic with a degree in art, history, and teaching. She felt the graduate life never quite prepared her for real life, but she did love teaching, and it was her golden ticket to travel the world. While teaching in the Middle East, she adopted a stray kitten, a cat that inadvertently taught her many life lessons and became the inspiration behind Flying Duchess. Evita Machevin has a business degree from York University and an MBA from EDHEC University in France. As Carol's younger sister, she too has used travel as a stepping stone to study and work in multiple countries, including Brazil, France, and New Caledonia. When Carol brought her the idea of a pet sitting business, Evita used her experience and business background to create the foundation for what became Flying Duchess. So welcome to the show, Evita and Carol. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to the show. When we get started here, what we like to do is just give our listeners an idea of some of the uh, topics we might get into, some of the benefits they might get from listening to this podcast for the next half hour or so. So starting off, first question is, what are the top pieces of advice that you'd like entrepreneurs to take away from this conversation? 
Um, if they're looking for ideas and or how to start, I would say look for intrinsic motivation. Look for the thing that you're going to be intrinsically motivated uh, in doing, even when times get tough, even when things get really bad. It's the thing that you want to continue doing or you would be willing to do. Um, so find the thing that motivates you and then go make a business with it. Fantastic. That's, that's Carol, right? That if, this is Carol. Yeah, sorry. Evita, do you have anything to add about a benefit that you'd like entrepreneurs to get from this conversation? Absolutely, that adversity is actually the the mother of invention, and that it is the perfect soil to to create new businesses. So this is actually the perfect time when we should start creating, and uh, don't give up on that that motivation, intrinsic mo motivation that Carol mentioned. And and let's see how this adversity has, has changed the landscape and is scaling back the, the big guys down and how the little guys now can uh, find room to start shooting up. Fantastic. Okay, we will definitely get into that. But first, let's talk about, about Flying Duchess. I read some reviews on Yelp about your company, and a lot of people love the service, as you know. But I was really taken with this comment. The sitter did a great job since my cats, who hate most people, warmed up to her over the days. One of them even sat on her lap. These days, I've just got to know, how do you find trained, empathetic people of the sort that you need in order to take care of clients' beloved pets and people who will care enough to, you know, tell you that, oh, they're really well behaved and they sat in my lap? Um, you have to look very hard, but they're out there. And uh, they will sort of gravitate to you. If you put your idea out there and you are a strong believer of what it is that you want to offer your clients and uh, these are our values, you will naturally have people gravitate to you wanting to work for you. We do find sitters who just email us saying, I would like to work for Flying Duchess. And we also go out there and look for them as well. It's a bit of both. Very cool. Um, if they don't gravitate to you, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs who do have trouble, have you have you learned anything about, you know, making sure that uh, you, 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 you have a continuing supply of candidates and making sure they're the right kind of people? A lesson I learned during teachers college is the way they taught us to be teachers was they first taught, taught us the theory in the classroom and then they sent us out there to uh, be mentored and to follow actual teachers. So all we had to do was just go into an actual classroom, sit and watch, just watch how the teacher interacted with the students and how the students interacted with the teacher, that connection, the back and forth. So what we do with our sitters is a bit of that as well. When they come on board, they follow senior sitters and uh, uh, they pick up on best practices by doing that. Right. And as well, I think that those sitters themselves give us the feedback as to we feel this person made a great connection with the cats, with the with the pets, and and definitely we take that into consideration. 
And another point is that in the teacher's journey, what we got is the feedback. So whether it was negative or positive, we can take it and use it. So we can look at the strengths of that person and applaud them for that and uh, also look at where they can improve and give them honest feedback. And if they're willing to take this job on, then they would be willing to make the changes needed to be a part of the Flying Duchess team. Right. Got it. Tell me a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey. I guess, Carol, you were sort of the first person to come up with the concept. So why don't you lead off and, and just tell us how Flying Duchess came about? Um, it started off uh, sort of during the time when my teaching career was sort of ending or I was in a transition time, similar to sort of where many people are right now at this time. And I was trying to figure out how I was going to move forward for the next few years and I decided that life is too short uh, to not do something that you're passionate about or that you love and to me at that time my cat was my everything and uh, I decided that I, I had a lot of information that I had just gleaned and learned from just having adopted her. And uh, one of my challenges during that time living in that part of the world was that you had access to many other countries around. You could just fly within 45 minutes to another country. So traveling was exciting, but I didn't know how I could take do what, what to do with my cat at that time. And uh, I was just trying to come up with a solution and I tr started wondering what other people do when they had pets but then they also traveled quite a bit and that's how Flying Duchess came about. Right. Evita did you ever think you'd go into business with your older sister? No <laughs> definitely not. Uh, it was something that she had presented to me uh, and I did think it was a bit far-flung but Yes, it is true that entrepreneurs have a way of gravitating towards other entrepreneurs and seeing her passion and seeing her motivation to do it was was fuel to the to the fire for me. And uh, just to uh, reiterate something that she said was that sh she's very good at uh, seeing the need that's out there, not just for herself, but from the other person's perspective, especially from her pets. And one of the things that was missing here in, in the Toronto market at that time was the actual in-home services. There were, but probably not as much as would be expected because Carol saw that the pets like being at home they don't want to be taken to a to a kennel so uh her focus was definitely in home specifically because of that as well the best part of taking our dog to a kennel i always found was as much as she would mope and hate it over staying overnight or for two nights uh which is all we would do um no you know reuniting and seeing the joy in her eyes we thought man she'll never <laughs> she'll never be this happy again until the next time we go so that always made it easier for me tell me about <laughs> flying duchess now um what can you tell me about sort of the, the the structure of the company uh are how many employees do you have or is it all contract labor what's your sort of geographical position and and is the company growing we have a bit of both so we have employees as well as contractors and uh, we do service a large area in Toronto. 
the business was doing well until the pandemic and we are in the same position as a lot of other service businesses that are connected to travel. Um, so we uh, haven't given up hope. We are waiting. Uh, we do have a very loyal client base and as well as a loyal pet sitters as well, who uh, uh, we are very fortunate to have and very grateful for. So they keep us afloat for now and we'll see what the future brings. So as so as we're talking, obviously COVID is an issue for a lot of people, and uh, and that was actually going to be my next question for you. So we've got a situation where a people aren't traveling as much, uh, you know, a fraction of what they were traveling before, and b we now have concerns about getting close to anybody, let alone letting strangers in our home. So 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 what's been the specific effect on on Flying Duchess, and is there anything you can do about it, or is it a matter of uh, hanging in hang in there baby good question i would say that we are taking precautions uh, following the government guidelines our sitters are wearing masks and uh, they do travel by uh, their own vehicle they're not taking public transportation at the moment or they bike um, so we have a very specific set of guidelines that we um have provided the sitters as well as reassure our clients and we do take a questionnaire uh in order to make sure that our, both our sitters and our clients are safe, as well as the pets. And we are also exploring other avenues in terms of how we can expand and grow, whether it's offering certain educational classes online or providing a specific uh, sort of information that we can sort of, uh, uh, the clients can call us and, and inquire about certain things where they cannot take that trip to the vet or they, they're trying to decide whether it is something that they really need to act on or not. We, since we, our sitters, have that information and clients can easily access that information from the sitter as opposed to taking that trip to the vet, we're trying to figure out how we can use this very specialized knowledge and broaden our horizons. Has anyone used the word cat sultans before? No, but I think that's a good one. We, we, <laughs> you can have it. It's yours. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I, think that, I think that sounds like an interesting idea. And it, it builds on what Evita talked about earlier about using adversity as a spur to innovation and new opportunity. You're, that's very true. And... Uh, that's hitting the nail right on the head. Yeah. Evita, tell me about uh, some of the your experience in terms of the, this adversity and and the opportunity that's there. I mean, so Carol has just talked about some of the ideas that that you're looking at. Uh, what what do you see? Uh, what else do you see in the future and in this post-COVID period that we hope will come along? Yes, definitely. Uh, lots of new little businesses, I believe, that uh, are going to be coming out from this. And um, either the businesses, the existing businesses, are going to stay the course and uh, stay focused, or they are going to pivot, or a combination, a little bit of a combination of the both. Uh, but whatever the case is, I think what's, what's important is to realize that what brought you here today is not going to take you to the next level tomorrow. And uh, making sure that you have your pulse on the beat. So, um, sorry, your, 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 your hand on, on the, the pulse. pulse. Yeah, yeah <laughs> finger to the pulse. That's, that's a saying. So um, 
given the the rapid level of changes that are happening right now, it's good to not assume that, for example, you know, your SWOT analysis that you did at the beginning of, of your uh, life cycle is, is the same as it is today. Um, and given that things are changing from month to month, uh, let alone maybe, you know, uh, maybe even a week to week, maybe that needs to be revisited um, on a more frequent basis so that you realize when you should pivot. And when you should, you know, let those sunk costs just be a sunk cost and move on to something else. Uh, and realizing when you need to move on. I would say that you can look at the values that brought you to where you are today, because those are important. And then take taking that, try and figure out the direction you need to take, the actions that you took before may not work for the future, but the values that brought you here have a clear vision of that so that you can then figure out which direction that journey is going to take you to grow. And so certain things, the foundation stays the same, but the the structure, how you get there can change. That's great advice. Thank you for that. Pet sitting is a pretty competitive business, and especially in Toronto, but uh, you've been pretty successful at uh, making your business distinct. So what advice do you have for entrepreneurs about how to stand out from the crowd in a competitive marketplace? Well, I am unsure if it's uh, relevant for the, the whole marketplace, but I do believe that technology definitely cannot be underestimated. Um, and... It was a, for us, for the Flying Duchess, it was a combination of getting the right people, the pet sitters who really loved and enjoying being around pets, whom Carol has a good eye for, mixed with the early adoption of technology into our, our service process, which helped differentiate us. So the technological side helped us uh, stay relevant and accessible for the global travelers uh, waiting for news from home, and then the actual pet sitters were really the ones who sealed the deal because their love for the pets shone through and it was the the reassuring uh, success factor that, that the homeowners needed. And, uh, you know, the continuation of that is the mentoring that we always have within our, uh, within our team. And that has helped us weather the storms in the past. Right. Tell me a little bit more about the technology. Are you referring to, you have this really interesting uh, process that you have where I understand the the pet sitter will leave a voicemail message, I think almost daily to let people know how their pets are doing and what happened and, and what they did. And, and I think you've also had something that enables that voice message to be turned into an email or something. So tell me a little bit more about about this technology you're using. Because I don't think people would necessarily uh, associate technology with pet sitting. I guess that's the combination of me and Evita. So uh, a little bit of heart and a little bit of head. Um, (laughs) And uh, so the way that worked is that we have a sort of a almost a, fa- uh, a closed f- Facebook uh, kind of platform. Once the client is onboarded, um, our system 
lets the client communicate with the sitter um, directly within a closed platform. The sitter can communicate with the client and it all gets sent uh, to the client's email or they can log into their Flying Duchess account and see what they uh, any updates that they have from the sitter. The sitter also does leave a voicemail message which gets uh, sent to the client and the client then gets to sort of listen to like sort of a mini podcast of the sitter speaking through what happened during the day and it's very detailed. It's almost like a story and one of the things that you might not know that I guess that comes with a caring profession like such as the sitters is that if you give them uh, a subject that they love talking about, they, they'll talk about <laughs> it. So the it's a win-win because the clients love listening to all the little quirks that happen during the day with their pet and the sitters love talking about it. So whenever they have time and uh, they are sitting down in the evening sharing a cup of tea, they can turn on their pet sitter's message and just listen to it like a story. And a little bit of that uh, nostalgia of having left your pet behind gets, uh, uh, gets uh, I guess, lost uh, and uh, you start enjoying your trip knowing that your pet's having fun too. And that's really interesting to me that, you know, you've created this ongoing dialogue, as you say, almost storytelling uh, with your clients. And that's something that I think that a lot of businesses could do more of. Can you tell me a little bit more about sort of the the, the benefits that, the, that your clients get from this? What's their role in this storytelling? How do they react? How, how do they appreciate this information? I've seen firsthand how, uh, from the feedback from the clients, that it's almost as if they're rediscovering their pet through new eyes, because they see how the pet sitter gets to uh, find out about their, their personality and um, how they might react differently to the pet sitter versus the homeowner. And it's, for the lack of a better word, seeing a, a child through through new eyes. That's very cool. Now, you guys are located, I guess, throughout Toronto, but also in some of the, uh, I guess, surrounding areas, getting out into Vaughan and uh, possibly Mississauga or something. Uh, Brampton, so sort of GTA. Um, what can you tell us, and you've got your small army of pet sitters there. What can you tell us that you've learned about managing uh, sort of big, sprawling, uh, remote-based operation like this? It is not as hard as you may initially mm -hmm. think. And uh, however, it's sometimes good to go in without really knowing. So when I started, I did not know what I was really doing. I, I started sitting for clients in Mississauga and then Scarborough and then um, uh, uh, downtown and then going all the way up to Newmarket and I was everywhere. And that's uh, the the both the strength and the weakness of how I went about it is that I was not a planner. I didn't sort of, I was not log logistically trying to see what would work best. I just went for it all out. And, and meanwhile, this is Evita here and I was just thinking, uh, looking at her strategy and wondering how this was supposed to be, uh, you know, effective in the, going to be effective in the long term uh, financially, as well as just how that, that was supposed to be pleasurable. <laughs> but sometimes you got to be willing to 
take the pain for what you love. But having done that, then we came to understand that the need was everywhere. And then we then sat down together and figured out how we can service that need in all areas that have the need and not sort of uh, push us into a little box and say, this is our geographical area. It would have been easier to do it that way and then slowly expand, but businesses don't grow that way, especially if it's an entrepreneur who is passionate. Once you've started it and figured out your niche or figured out your client base and their locations, I would say start broad and then see what the need is. And then you can then put systems in place that would service the, you can then start putting things in place, but have an open mind. In the pet sitting business, what is the most uh, outrageous pet type that you've been asked to sit for? Have you been asked to sit for alligators and wild condors and snakes? Um, One of the most, I thought, uh, very heartwarming uh, uh, stories would be a very... um, elderly person who uh, kept her five turtles in her bathtub and would uh, use us to um, take care of them when she went out of town. Um, And she didn't have any other relatives except for the relative that she visited when she uh, uh, traveled uh, far. And um, that was a very endearing thing that she would take the time to hire a a pet sitter to take care of her turtles <laughs> that she kept in her bathtub. But you would find all, like, I, that's just one of the stories you can find. Uh, we can tell you a lot more. You just don't have the time, Rick. <laughs> all right, good enough. I do appreciate uh, uh, all you're doing for pets in Toronto and uh, the uh, information that you shared with us about your entrepreneurial journey. Uh, We've talked about a lot of interesting things. We've talked about uh, intrinsic motivation. We can tell this is something you'd love to do. We've talked about um, adversity and using that to create new opportunities um, and the the importance of technology, the importance of packaging information. Lots of good stuff. I'd like to ask each of you now, Evita and Carol, do you each have sort of one more point you'd like to share, something from your experience, a piece of advice that entrepreneurs can take away from this conversation and put into uh, use in their business? Um, I would say don't don't, uh, overestimate your your, uh, assumptions today. So make sure that they are still the same uh, valid assumptions that will work for tomorrow. So yes, it worked for today. Will it work for tomorrow? Make sure you double check all the time and yeah. have plan A, B, and C because <laughs> we are in a pandemic and uh, let's see if your plan C works. Right. Change is constant. And Carol, you get the last word. I would say look for what people have told you or picked on you as your weakness because oftentimes the opposite of that is your strength. So that very weakness can be used as a strength if used in the right time at the right place. So get to know yourself and what you're capable of. If there's been some sort of weakness that has been pointed out over and over again, maybe you've been called stubborn, maybe you've uh, you know had a certain opinion about certain something that you uh, were not willing to uh, back down on, turn it around and see why 
and use the, your weakness as a strength. It can work at the right time with the right clip at the right place and with the right people. And that can be your little uh, sort of area that uh, helps. Your yeah, your success factor, that little the Achilles heel, turn it around and that'll okay, make you fly. Okay, I cannot leave it there. Is there a story behind this? I think it's a really valuable tip to take a weakness and uh, what other people see as a weakness uh, and, and, and turn it into a strength. Uh, Carol, it sounds like this might have been part of your story. I've seen it come up over and over again with the various people that I've met uh, where the time that they've shone has been where they've just gone to the place which was the darkest and then somehow shed light on it and then it propelled them to heights that they could not even imagine going to. So yes, it has been a bit of my story as well and, and the stories that I've heard from people around me, perhaps you can relate it in your life as well. It's not just in business, it's just in various times in in your own personal life or in in the success stories of other great people that I have seen and read and heard about and and met. So if you can handle what others have sort of criticized you on and look at it carefully enough that you can see the strength in that, use it in a way that takes you and your business to a place that others would not be able to sort of figure out how to do that except yourself. So I would say just quite very quickly for myself, I was, I was a stubborn person. I've always been called someone that would not sort of listen to anybody. And um, ultimately came to a point in my life where I realized I was not able to sort of work for someone else and be happy following certain rules that I didn't believe in, then how can I use that to create something, a, a place, uh, a group where reflected my values? I used my stubbornness and it became a strength, which in the end created Flying Duchess. That's fantastic. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. Um, entrepreneurs are often um, flawed people. I'm not saying either of you is. Um, I'm thinking of some that I know. Uh, and and we're all flawed. And taking those human characteristics and turning them into strengths is uh, probably one of the most important survival uh, tactics and success tactics that, 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 that I've heard of. So thank you for sharing that. Evita Machevin and Carol Carrera, co-directors of Flying Duchess, flyingduchess.com, if you want to get in touch with them. Thank you so much for sharing your pet sitting stories and your business journey and your business advice. Really appreciate uh, having a chance to talk with both of you, and I hope we'll talk again soon. Thanks, Thank Greg. you, Rick. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us this week in the Startup Canada podcast, a weekly show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur. Stay tuned another minute to hear the latest startup community news and the upcoming events lineup, including our hashtag Startup Chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time. I sometimes show up there too. Until next week, I'm your Startup Canada podcast host, Rick Spence.